What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? It's Season with Salt. This is Dominique Bomonte, and I am your host. And first of all, let me just apologize to y'all because I did not release an episode last week. It was crazy. I, this is a Kappa, this is a catch-up episode completely. I'm going to be rambling for like 30 minutes. So I appreciate you all being committed listeners. And let me just say that I really aim to like make a couple of episodes per week, but life happens. So last week I um, went to celebrate a good friend of mine. She turned 40, and I think that that is really important. So any friend that I have that is turning 40 and wants me to celebrate with them, I am there. So my friend turned 40. Uh, We went to Temecula with her family, and that was good. And then I drove from Temecula to Santa Barbara to be at a work retreat, which was really good. And then um, drove to L.A. for the night uh, and flew back home. And so in all that flying and moving around, an episode was not in the cards. But I am back And there is so much to talk about. So I'm not going to waste a whole bunch of your time um, giving you the spiel about what this podcast is about. Let me just get to the point. Y'all, I do not do community aunts and uncles. And I know that some people say, well, you know, it's a part of black culture, like where everybody is your aunt and uncle. My Aunt Frances, she was my real uh, grandmother. She was my mother's mother, my maternal grandmother. She made me call her aunt because she said she was too young to be a grandmother. But I think a part of that was also that she didn't feel like she deserved the title. So uh, after she got a little bit more comfortable with us, uh, she allowed us to call her grandmama because she said Farrah Fawcett was being called that. Neither here nor there, but I need to give you that context because everything has a story. So... My grandma, friend said, believed that everybody in the community, no matter the race, no matter the gender, no matter what, they needed to be called aunt and uncle. So that was really important to her, especially if they lived in the community. And so I grew up with this concept that I'm related to everybody, but I also spent some time in foster care. I mean, I was just, my little life, like in my first couple of years, was all over the place. And so this concept of like being somebody's nephew was always kind of weird to me. Um, the family that I am privileged to be a part of that I love so much, it, it sometimes it's even awkward because because I was the oldest of the children, of the foster kid or adopted children, sometimes um, my foster mother or grandmother's siblings would refer to me as their brother, which would always be interesting. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I, I said all that to say that I'm already, so I have this weird thing around like making people family members. And I just don't do the whole like, we got a community auntie. And so let me just start off by telling you all this right now. 
Monique is not my aunt. And I'm going to spend some time talking about and reflecting on the video that she made where she essentially sits in a bathrobe. One of my friends on Facebook said she sits in a bathrobe. Well, I'm not going to say that, but you can go look at her sitting in the bathrobe and make some determinations upon what else she's wearing or what else she's not wearing, rather. Um, and she provides a critique. She says that she was on her way to Alabama or somewhere, and she was in the Atlanta airport. And while she was in the Atlanta airport, she was overwhelmed with some of the things that she's seen. She said she's seen women that she would refer to as her nieces in bonnets and scarves and slippers and with blankets. And she said that it really upset her because she said that she believes that what people essentially are reflecting is a lack of pride. She says that their presentation is not reflective of who they are or who they might want to be. Um, and she says that because they are wearing uh, bonnets and scarves and slippers and blankets, people would have to ask them uh, whether they um, have pride in themselves. They'd have to figure that out. And, okay, so I said I don't do community aunts and uncles. Let me just say, too, that I'm equal opportunity because I got a whole commentary on Kevin Samuels because a lot of people have asked me, like, hey, what do you think about Kevin Samuels? I'm coming back to him, okay? Excuse me, I got a little sinus infection. So I'll tell you all this is a raw episode, right? Okay, so before we dip into the, the work of telling folks how to be, I just think that we need to take a leap, deep look into why we're so willing to provide public critique to our own people. Now, I'm talking particularly to Black people, but I remember when Bill Cosby, a number of years ago, had come out with a critique about young men sagging pants, and he made all of these interesting reflections and connections between how men chose to involve themselves in certain fashion trends and the relationship that that had with slavery and all this other stuff. And then folks started writing books saying, was Bill Cosby right? And then now Bill Cosby is in jail because he was drugging a whole bunch of white women and black women and Asian women and who had whatever woman availed themselves to him or whatever he, whatever woman he forced himself on. And I just, I, I just don't know why we're so comfortable with, 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 with public critique. And I guess my thing is, pull me to the side. Like, if you, if you're going to um, take on this identity as my aunt or uncle, that's what my aunt or uncle would do. They would pull me to the side and just correct me in private, not this public um, embarrassment or shaming that we do. That to an extent is like perpetuating this white Western framework with regard to how we should be and who we should be. So all of this stuff that we're talking about, whether it's wearing a bonnet or slippers or scarves or pajamas, they're all of these um, social constructs where somebody has decided that there is a, a, there's an appropriate place to wear certain things to, there's an appropriate place to be certain things. And then we all get indoctrinated by that, and then 
what pads our indoctrination often is how much money we have, communities that we come from, our own family standards, so on and so forth. I think that if we just take a pause and just step back to say, I need to use the influence that I have to correct people and to critique people and to cause people to think different about bonnets and scarves and slippers. I need to use that in my own family. I need to gather my own people and say, what's our brand standard as a family? I don't need to be trying to tell other people how to be and what to do. And I also feel like no matter what, I'm going to just say that I struggle with the critique that Kevin Samuels provides. Um, particularly because it seems like there's some self-hatred that positions him to be extremely critical of Black women. And what I realized about that is that if we're going to agree that Kevin Samuels is wrong, then we really have to challenge this thing that we do where it's okay for a Monique to attack Black women because they are doing things that don't align with her values or her uh, standard for what women should be looking like and doing. Because I see women who are not African-American all the time or who are not, who, who are part of a variety of generations doing things in public that I don't think are are necessary and you never see to an extent like you never see a white woman or asian woman getting on tv or taking to her social media to tell other white and asian women what they need to stop doing with regard to how they look it it, it's it's to me it just seems rare that, that who's the white kevin samuels that gets on social media and and pulls um another individual into their video and says, you know, let me critique what you look like and let me tell you why you're not getting a man. I don't understand that. And so I'm confused. I'm confused. And let me be, let me be honest with you. Like the, the, the person that I am, the person that I've grown to be, um, you know, to an extent, I'm, I'm from the projects of Seattle, right? But I also might identify or some might identify me as an upper middle class black man. I have uh, a number of degrees. Um, I'm working on another degree. Like I, I could see where um, I could be considered uppity or something like that. And I have to be very careful with my projection of what people should be doing and how they should be doing it. And I learned that because I work, you know, for over 10 years in higher education. And I realized that my ability or and or my inability to make connections with other generations had everything to do with my ability to really arrest my bias against people that was built on my own upbringing. Well, I told you that my upbringing is all over the place, right? So I'm a little bit Pentecostal. I'm a little bit <laughs> a Rainier Beach. I'm a little bit Kojic. I'm a little bit college educated. I'm a little bit hood. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit of a lot of things. And so when I am making a critique about other people's stuff, like I can quickly now, what I also am is a Christian, right? And so I realized that sometimes before I even open my mouth, my presence represents a critique on people's lifestyle before I even say anything, 
right? People will get all guilty and weird around me. Now, I know it's not just me. I know it's that a lot of people who identify as Christian or who share a public opinion and what have you. And so I just, I just want us to really think about, like, why can't, why can't we embrace the pride and the representation of being beautiful and black in our bonnets and our scarves and our slippers? Like, why does that, why does somebody have to disrobe us of our culture and our context in order, like what, what has to be different at the, at the, at the airport in Atlanta for the sake of other people? Like if I, if my hair's not done and I need to keep it wrapped, and I'll admit to you, y'all, I agree. I really agree with a lot of what Monique is saying. I also think that men have to be careful trying to critique women because we have already imprisoned and manipulated and misused women in so many ways because of our privilege and our power that we have to make sure that, especially church men, but I, that is not what this episode is about. So I told you I'm just rambling on this episode, but I'm especially concerned about the precedent that we are setting where it is okay to get on our public platforms with all of our privilege. First of all, let me just, let me just, let's, 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 let's talk about Monique as a person who has been validated, first of all, but she, Monique has done, Monique has had a fantastic career, right? And a part of the success of her career is the validation that she has received because she won an Academy Award for playing um, a woman in a movie that was already stereotypical and, and such. She had some challenges um, with what she called gender bias and, and, and racial bias when it comes to her uh, wanting to have a... Um, I, yeah, why can't we talk, I'm not talking about Kevin Samuels? Who is Kevin Samuels? I don't even know him, so I'm not going to make him relevant you know, on this platform. But I'm talking about Monique right now. I will come back to Kevin Samuels. She asked the same people that she sang as her nieces and nephews. She is asking these individuals in bonnets and scars and slippers to support her when Netflix would not give her the contract that she felt like she deserved because of the fact that other people who she believed had the same resume as she did um, were, were being offered more money. And some of the people that she is critiquing with their bonnets and their slippers and their 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 robes and their and their blankets at the airport and in the Walmart. These were the same people that supported her and that were ride or die for her because her clientele are the people that will show up at um, comedy shows. Um, people um, perhaps that um, became fans of hers did not become fans of hers when she won an Academy Award. And so how do I, how, how can we reframe her critique so that um, 
it takes into it, it takes into consideration the fact that some of the people that she is critiquing now she said that she was only talking to the people who said that they were she was their aunt. I understand that. I maybe she didn't mean this to be universal, but she made this declaration on a universal platform. And I think it's not necessarily what she is saying because I think that if we gather all of our aunts and uncles and older generations around the kitchen table, they would agree. I believe that all of my aunts and uncles and older people in older generations, they all share a critique. And as I believe my generation will about younger generations, as we do now, and it will continue to get crazier, we share this critique that we want newer generations or younger generations of people to be a certain way. I know that's a reality. But what when do i when is it appropriate for me to have that conversation publicly <clears throat> when is it appropriate for me to bring that critique to a public setting and i don't like when people show up you know in public with wave caps because some people say well what about the nephews why it always got to be about the, aunt, the nieces i don't know that's i don't know because I got a lot of critique about the way that people, that, that young men show up. And I know a lot of men that have a lot of critique about the way that young men show up. I think it's universal with regard to gender when we're giving a critique about the way that other generations show up. But I wonder if we can strike a balance, right? I wonder if we can strike a balance where how we show up. Because, see, a part of the thing that is really funny is the stuff that we are being scrutinized and critiqued for as black people when it comes to trends are the same trends that white people like the Kardashians and others are taking these trends and making them famous and making money off of them, right? And I wonder if a part of our critique of each other publicly has to do with some self-hate because that's what somebody said about Kevin Samuels. They said that he's eager and easily able to critique black women because of the hate that he has for himself. I wonder if a lot of what, I wonder if we're embarrassed. And I wonder if our embarrassment is seated in what people tell us we should look like and be. And I would just say that that's unreal. Right? Like, I'm tired of, of the standard for what is excellent and what is pure and what is cultural and what is right. I'm tired of that measuring stick being built in this Western, white-centric framework. I just, I'm just tired of that. And I think that we have to challenge, like, uh, respectability politics. We really have to challenge that because we're going to lose an entire generation because we're unable to have a, a full conversation with them because they have on a bonnet. Okay, you might need, you might be able to talk one person out of a bonnet in a in a, in a direct conversation if you dis display some patience and some real love by pulling one person to the side. Right. But I also feel like this happens at the kitchen table. Stop trying to make your social media the kitchen table. Stop trying to make Facebook and Instagram and, and, and Twitter and all these other places the kitchen table and start with your own family. Start with your own self. Right. Because some of what we are going to call success when it comes to creating a brand or showing pride for ourselves is going to come at the sheer um, uh, uh, 
it's going to be because people watch us and they see how we carry ourselves, not because what we tell people they should and should not do, right? And so my critique of Monique is that her critique is a bit hypocritic, right? And also, she is a comedian. She is a person that makes her money making people laugh about things that may or may not be funny. And I just, I don't mean I want to take her serious. But I said all that to say, I'm not with community aunts and uncles. I really am not. I don't want Kevin Samuels reviewing and being a representative of all black men. He does not know. And if if you are a woman and you subscribe to Kevin Samuels' uh, ideologies and reflections and ideas, then keep do you, boo, right? Like, who, nobody's going to stop you from that. But I think that sometimes our subscription to these people are what keeps them in rotation. And I think that we have to take some of these people out of rotation. We have to remove them from the public eye by, by not validating some of the things that they say, right? But I think we have to ask deeper questions. Why do you feel that way? Like, who, who gave you the standard for, why is it that a lot of these relationship gurus are unmarried, huh? Somebody answer that question for me. Why are the people, why are the femininity experts feminine but unmarried? I have that question. I, I have that critique. And I'm not saying somebody's gonna say, well, how are you judging people on a on a on a on a podcast where you're saying that judging people is wrong? I don't know. I don't, I never said really judging people is wrong. I'm just judging the people that are judging people, really. This is my podcast. Shut up, I said I won't. No, don't shut up. But um I just I just I think we have to stop giving people the mic. I think we have to go back to the kitchen table. And I think that we need to reassert in our own family space where our children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews can sit at the feet of older people and get intelligence and wisdom within the context of their own families and not from Monique and Kevin Samuels. Because the reality is, is if our generation, our older generations will be um, clear and concise and truthful with us, then there are some things that we can learn that we don't have to go searching from other places. And I think that that's important. And so I want for Monique to get her own nieces and nephews in a room and tell them what to do and hope that her admonition to them is so powerful that it reverberates to the communities where they have influence. I want her to stop going on because what if somebody at Netflix told her that her representation or what they would view as pride was the reason why they couldn't pay her the same as they paid whoever else she said that they were holding a bias against. I think we have to have a deep conversation. And I don't expect everybody to agree with me. I'm just raising these as concerns. And I think that we can be better 
in community, when we stop letting people tell us what's appropriate based on their own comfort or discomfort, right? I'm uncomfortable with some things, but that doesn't mean that I get to be the person that says whether it's right or wrong, because that can be very harmful, right? Because some people only have slippers on in the airport because that's all that they have. And if they start asking me, well, if you don't like it, buy me a new pair of shoes. Listen, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get my own shoe game up. So I don't, I can't help you, bro, bro. So I'm going to start with my own family. I'm going to start with my own nieces and nephews. And then I'm going to glean from older generations in my own family. And I'm going to create that cross-generational communication so that Monique is not the only one influencing folks to think about themselves from a pride or presentation standpoint. Will you do that? Will you commit to that? Were you blessed by this episode? Do you think it would bless someone else? It would really bless me if you share this episode with someone who you know needs assurance of God's promises. Also, i love it if you subscribe to my podcast, Season with Salt, and wrote a review. This helps us to spread the gospel even farther through podcasting. Thank you so much for listening, and remember what God's Word says in Colossians 4 and 6. Let your word be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Have a great week.